well, nothing nearly so dramatic as the last episode here, but nonetheless, we've got a lot of stuff to dig into here, including we're going to do a big deep dive on pre-workout products. Let's go. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. I am Darren Starr and I'm a full-time online prep coach and have been since 2012. You can check me out at 5starphysique.com and read about my coaching programs, check out workout programs that I have available, read articles and most importantly, you can click on the podcast button at the top or go straight to thedropset.com to vote on the most recent poll question posted at the top of the page. It is really kind of hard to believe that I've been doing this since December of 2016, but here we are. We're over 200 episodes in and we're still kicking. It's crazy stuff. Now, this show thrives on and exists only because of you, the listener. So I thank you for being here and also encourage you to contribute your questions and discussion topics. You can email me at Darren at five star fitness.com or more easily click on contact from five star physique.com and submit your question in the form. You can also find me on social media at Darren underscore star on Instagram is probably the best way to go there. Please also give a rating like thumbs up review or whatever is appropriate for whatever platform you're listening to this on. And please share the episodes you like and tag me in your posts. I appreciate it tremendously. And it helps us here reach a bigger audience, which makes it more likely that I can nab higher profile guests for future interviews. So with that being said, let's get on with it. Hey, y'all, just a real quick note before we jump into the meat of episode 212 here. I did record this episode about four days ago at this point, four or five days ago, something like that. So uh, there are some references to things happening this last weekend that are now a little out of date. I couldn't post this episode when I wanted to because my new website is online and my web developer asked if I could hold off on posting this until it was published. And now it is. Otherwise, there would have been some issues like the fact that currently the previous episode, 211, if you haven't heard that, is offline until I get that put back up. So that's all happening right now. Just a quick little note for me on some timing irregularities here. So currently, it is November 21st, which is a Monday, and I recorded this, I think, uh, Wednesday of the previous week. So information in here, most of it is not terribly time sensitive. Some bits toward the end are, and uh, if you just go into it with that perspective, I think everything will make sense. I guess that's it. Hey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to... Uh, is, this, uh, is this thing on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. Hi. Wow. Should I edit that out? I really should. I really should. Maybe I won't. Welcome to episode, I think this is 212 of the drop set. Am I right on that? I don't know. We're going to go. It's it's 212 now, or um, or I sound like an idiot because all the artwork and everything says 213 or whatever it is. I don't know. You can tell a little scatterbrain. This episode is going to be a little brief, probably. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to roll with it here. I'm Darren. Thanks for joining me here. I'm joined, um, as always, by Derby, right there. Hi, Derby. And then down here, just off screen, I have Taz. Come here, Taz. Can you jump into the camera frame? Are you, you can see his cone right there. There's Taz. If you've been following along on Instagram, you have seen the saga of Taz. So we'll lead with that because it is the thing that has been eating up 
all of my time, and I know it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Can I pet you? You gonna be okay with that? Yeah, he's such a good boy. Oh, he's so you can just see his little butt right there. Hey, Bubba. Hi. Okay. He's such a good boy. He's such a brave boy. So, the saga of Taz is. Uh, that uh, a few months ago, he was diagnosed with glaucoma, which is a degenerative um, eye disease, um, which uh, his breed is kind of predisposed to a little bit. Um, it's bad in dogs. It's just a difficult thing because you have a patient that doesn't communicate and they can't really tell you what's going on, what's wrong, what feels better, what doesn't. Um, so it's very difficult. And it'll, also, it's just kind of unpredictable. Um, I guess it's true even in people. I've learned more about it than I thought I would, um, than I thought I'd ever have to. I'm still hardly an expert. So if anyone out there is an expert, I'm saying all kinds of stuff wrong. Don't bother to correct me. I know I am not an expert and I don't claim to be. I've learned more about it than I figured I would, but um, I don't don't know nothing. (laughs) So um, he was diagnosed with glaucoma um, and um, very rapidly, his left eye became mostly non-visual and we had a really hard time getting his eye pressure down to a level that was ideal. When eye pressure gets elevated, there's vision loss. It's painful. So um, it's a problem for a lot of reasons. A typical pressure value that you want is somewhere between like 15 and 25 is usually okay. High teens, low 20s is good. Um, his had spiked up to like 70 and 80 in his left eye specifically. Um, and it took us and the vet a little while to figure out what it was because you know it spikes up and then it comes back down. And every time they checked his pressure, it was within normal ranges. Even though that was clearly the problem, we know in retrospect, they couldn't get a reading that demonstrated it was the problem. So we we're looking for other things. And uh, so... It took us a while to get that pressure under control. And by the time we figured out what it was, um, that, that it was the eye pressure, uh, his left eye had gone pretty much non-visual, but the pressure was still up there. So we had a procedure done where he had an injection in that eye, which was designed to shut down the fluid production in his eye. Because uh, it's it's when there's fluid buildup within the eye that generates the pressure. And so if we can stop it generating all that fluid, then the pressure stays to a more normal level. So that um, injection, we were told, is about a 70% success rate. Um, and it's it's a an option to just removing the eye completely. Um, so we did that and it worked. And so the pressure in his left eye has remained like somewhere between two and five since that procedure. Super, super low, um, but not problematic. The eye is not visual, but um, it's not causing a problem at least. So flash forward to last Friday, this would have been what, November? Oh, 11th? Veterans Day. Yeah. Happy belated Veterans Day to everybody. So we woke up on Friday and he was completely and totally blind. 100%. It was very obvious. He could not see a thing. He had no idea where he was. He didn't know what was around him. He didn't know where he was going. He was walking into everything. He was also off. So immediately we're like, his pressure spiked. Okay, crap. So we got to get him into the vet. We got him in that day. His right eye, not the one that had the injection done, but his other eye, the one that was still working, had spiked up to 80 um, and so since it happened that day and we were very quick to react, um, they gave him some medications It responded briefly and then not. So he stayed overnight at the emergency vet clinic at UT in their ophthalmology department. He stayed overnight with an IV diuretic trying to get his pressure down and they got it down to four. 
<laughs> which was great because they did not expect him to respond that well. Um, and in doing so, um, the vision in his eye came back. Um, he was a little off on Saturday just because he was under anesthesia while they were um, doing that. Uh, actually, no, he was not under anesthesia. They just had him sedated. So he, he was still under sedation and kind of like out of it a little bit. Sunday, that all wore off. And Sunday, Monday, he was totally cool. He was happy. All was good. Um, you know, we did have to leave him overnight on Friday. So we went back to get him on Saturday thinking, ah, is this going to be good? Is this it? Is this it? And they're like, it's great news all around. It's awesome. But we need to consider doing surgery for him to prevent this from happening again in the future, hopefully. So the surgery that we did, and this was on Tuesday, was a little bit of a roll of the dice um, because what they do... Uh, it sounds gross. I'm going to be kind of vague just because I don't want to think about it too much myself. They insert a drainage tube in the eye. So he has a, a tube implanted in his eye. You can't see it. It's all inside. Uh, but basically, it's the same thing as was in the left eye. It's fluid buildup that creates a problem that creates the pressure spike. And so this tube is designed to collect fluid from one area where the body can't do anything with it and funnel it to an area where the body can just reabsorb it as part of his in, in a blood vessel and just reabsorb that fluid into the bloodstream. So, um, and when it works, it can it keeps his pressure from, from building up and it, it keeps his vision for longer. Now, glaucoma is still a generative degenerative disease and his optic nerve is still going to degenerate over time. So he is still going to lose his vision. Eventually this buys him more time. Ideally, um, it is entirely possible if the tube fails in some way, it can get clogged, whatever. I don't know exactly all the ways in which it can fail. Um, but it could be like, you know, this might buy him a week <laughs> or it might buy him a few years. We're not really sure. So, um, so it was a pretty expensive roll of the dice to try and see, but so far so good. The problem now is, Hey buddy, he's stretching right now. Um, he's miserable just cause he's in a cone and, Oh, you can see he's going to crawl into his bed. He might need a little help getting in there. You got it, buddy. You got it? Yeah, that cone's just in the way. Like, he's pretty fine right now. Like, he's on some pain meds just because of where they had to mess with him in his eye. Um, he that, that still hurts, I'm sure. Um, and we have, we're on a, a regimen right now where he needs, like, I woke up at four, as I usually do, and I gave him two eye drops. And then at six o'clock, he needed three different eye drops and two pills. And then at eight, he needed two more drops. And then at noon, I started repeating some things. And at two o'clock, in an hour and a half, I have to go and give him another one. Actually, I need to give him one right now. Um, so I, I might, I might do that so you can experience, uh, experience what it's like on camera here. So for those, um, watching on YouTube, you can see the process, uh, so to some extent, I need to give him a little gel artificial teardrop. Um, and uh, for those of you playing along in Spotify land, you can probably just fast forward a minute from here. But I'm going to do that real quick and maybe move the camera. A little bit there. Yeah, you can kind of see. Let's let's see how this works. Editor's note. So this is Darren in post-production here. This is a spot where if it was on video, you could see me going off camera and giving Taz his eye drops, which, yeah, uh, I tell you what, coming at this now, like five days later, he's still not a big fan of it. Um, but the good news is he's healing out pretty well and things are looking pretty good. So there's that at least. Good boy. All right. Oh, he does not like that. Good boy. Mm, sounds like success. All right. Let's get back to Darren here in the moment. 
There you go. So you kind of come at him from above because normally if he's not wearing the cone, I just go right at him, open up his eye, stick it right in there and just drop it in. The cone, you got to kind of get him from above, from behind and kind of you know, bombs, bombs away it in there and hope it lands. So got lucky with that one. So yeah, good times all around. Let me fix the camera back up here. Hold on. Ugh. There we go. Something like that. Um, so Anyway, it's been um, five trips to the vet in the last six days, and when you go to the UT um, vet clinic, it is uh, it's like two hours minimum each time. On Friday, I spent six hours um, in in the vets, so uh, it's completely eaten up my schedule. There was no podcast last week for that and other reasons. The other reasons being. I'm doing a lot of behind the scenes business stuff. There's a new website that's going to launch, a new fivestarphysique.com that's going to launch in a week or two, um, which is seriously, seriously cool. I'm really excited about it. So, but the problem is, it's an absolute metric shit ton of work. <laughs> so, um, the fact that I'm taking the time out to do this episode today, I don't really have time to, but I know I owe you guys. So, I wanted to do that. So, uh, and then there's going to be some video work that goes along with that, like professional video work, not my bullshit stuff that you see from me. Um, so, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, so, there's whew, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. I am scrambling my ass off these days, um, and I, there's just never enough time for for all of it. And uh, it's kind of frustrating because I feel like I'm everything I get done, everything I take off my to do list is replaced by two more things that take longer than the first thing did. So, um, so I'm trying to stay afloat, and uh, so far it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> all while trying to maintain my own diet and training on top of that. So this would be an example when somebody's like, Hey, when should I pick a show, etc.? Not when you're going through something like what I'm doing right now, all the stuff with Taz aside, like that's a very short term thing. The the website and the video stuff is taking, you know, it's going to be a couple months when it's all said and done. Um, and it just, it, it, I would not be able to do prep while doing this stuff just because of the amount of work that it requires from me above and beyond all the normal stuff that I have to do. I have a full day of work uh, just checking in with clients and, and managing emails and stuff like that and trying to you know, do all the other day-to-day business stuff that I do. Um, so that's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So oh, why don't we tackle a few questions, shall we? I got a, I got a few things from people here. Um, so, um, a couple of things here. What from, um, where do we start? Let's start from, uh, from Ron, Ron from Tennessee. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Ron is an avid listener and he, he will periodically email me some questions. I don't think Ron is on social media. So, um, or at least not on Instagram, because if he was, then one of these questions he would know, he was like, he, he was asking, do I still work out at home or am I back at the gym? No, I've been back at the gym since, Oh, I want to say May of last year, probably. <laughs> so like my entire prep for the show that I did last year was 100% back at Gold's Gym here in town. Um, and I uh, basically the uh, my intention was as soon as I started going back to the gym, I'm like, I'll do a couple days in the gym and then do the rest of the days at home here um, over the course of a standard week. And the first day I went back to the gym was the last time I ever touched my home gym. So, and since then I have sold off pieces of it. I still have more to sell. So, if anybody's looking for a big, huge rack, um, anywhere from one to four barbells, um, several hundred pounds in plates. I think I've got about seven hundred pounds of plates actually. Um, 
what else? Um, there's a lat pull down seated row machine. I've got a leg press hack squat. Clearly, I'm talking to people in Knoxville or within driving range because I'm not shipping a, a 950 pound hack squat to you. So <laughs> I've got a vertical leg press as well. So I got a bunch of crap. Uh, if anybody's interested, hit me up. You know where to find me. Um, Ron also asked pre workout supplements. Yes or no? Um, yes. I'm a big fan. And what is best? That's that's a great question. What is best? That's a matter of personal opinion. So for I, I am a huge fan of pre-workout products in general. Um, and the the where it becomes a little bit of an issue is if you go to any random company, like let me just say there, there's a local company. I, I say local, but it's Tennessee Pre um, is... Uh, well, I guess that's the product. What? Balu Nutrition Company? I don't know. Um, well, it's TennesseePre.com. So they've got a couple of products here, but Tennessee Pre is is the one that I'm aware of. It's uh, oh, it's sold out. Great. Um, the problem that I have with this, I mean, supposedly it's good. I've never used it just because it's expensive. God, ugh, I don't know. Um, it, it it it's hard for me to justify fifty bucks for a pre workout, but then again, they're they're. More and more of them are that much these days. They used to be thirty bucks for for a pre workout for a month, and now it's fifty. That is not inflation. Let, let's go on a rant about inflation here. First of all, this is not an American political issue. Um, England has higher inflation than the than America does. Okay, let's just get that. They're they're like eleven percent right now. I saw that headline the other day. So it's not a political issue. It's a global economy issue, right? And. I am not an economist, but honestly, I believe a big portion of this is just companies deciding that they can fuck us. And what are we going to do? It's it's like they know that they can raise their prices and for food specifically. It's like, what are we going to do? Not eat? Ha! Right. So I, I, I think there is a significant... I'm not even joking about this. I'm pretty sure there's a significant component of that. And you know, once somebody starts doing it, everybody else starts doing it. And before you know it, everything's up. Oh, it must be inflation. All right. Well, yeah, it's because... People are jacking up their prices for, you know, I think less than legit reasons. So inflation is somewhere in the in the realm of like 8%. This is not going to be a long tangent, by the way. It's somewhere in the realm of like 8%. So why am I seeing things that jump up 25, 50, 100%? Like that's not inflation. That's you deciding you can fuck people over and get away with it and you're just doing it. So stop it. That is why I have not increased my rates on anything due to inflation. And I'm not going to because I think it's bullshit. And I think a lot of service providers are doing that right now. Oh, inflation. Like, yeah, your life is more expensive, right? You know what hasn't gotten more expensive? The cost of me offering the services that I do because inflation does not make them my, my services 8% more valuable. You know, like, no, I, I decide what the price is and that's it. So, you know, for anybody who provides a service who is let, it was rising their, it was increasing their cost due to inflation, stop it because you're contributing to the problem. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I had to, I had to get that out of my system here. Ooh. Okay. Tennessee Pre. I wanted to pull up the, uh, the ingredient list that they had here. Um, or do they not have it? Okay. Here it is. What's in it? Like here, here's a picture. Of, here, here is the biggest picture I have ever seen on a computer screen of a tub of a pre-workout. Like I have to scroll, scroll, scroll just to get to the bottom of the image. Lordy, um, quantity. How many do you want? Okay, it's fifty-five dollars. Shipping calculated at checkout. More payment options. Okay, 
Drop date is expected to be September 2nd. Well, it's November 17th right now, so that needs to be updated. Absolutely nothing in here about what is in the product. You can't, there's no option to see the ingredient list on the back of this container or anything like that. Okay, that's worthless. Uh, I mean, my whole point in coming to this website was to pull up an ingredient list. And nope, nothing on this one here either. So that's crap. All right. Let's go with, I don't know, um, BSN pre-workout. Um, NO Explode, what else do they have? The, yeah, that's appears to be the main one that they're still pushing. That's it. Okay, great. So that, that's, all, that's what I'm looking for. A lot of companies, when it comes to pre-workouts, they'll have like, oh, we've got a pre-workout product. We've got a pump product. We've got this, that, and the other. They're all, it's redundant. Like you only need one of those. And if they have multiples, usually they're taking one ingredient out of one of them that they should just put in with the other because you can combine all that shit, but they feel like they can sell multiple products by like leaving an ingredient out of one. So if you find anything that's a stack, like, oh, you need this, and you need this, and you need this. Like, no, you need one. You need a, just a decent all-around pre-workout. That's it. So, okay, they do have a few things here. They've got... Endo Explode XE Edge. Lordy, God, here we go again with this. Um, uh, most intense pre-workout. You know, it's probably the same thing, just with a, a higher caffeine dose in it. Hydra Shred Edge. That's a, a thermogenic. Okay, Explode Energy Shot. It's just a ready-to-drink version. So yeah, Endo Explode. And then there's a BCAA with glutamine product. Okay, so Endo Explode. We're gonna go with that. I have used this product a bunch. I'm not using it right now. Um, currently, I'm using. Um, Total War from Redcon One, um, and I mean, do I like it? Like, eh, it's fine. I mean, honestly, I judge most of these things by their flavor more than anything else. <laughs> like, they all seem to work about as well as anything else. There was one that I took a few years back. It was from I think it was Betancourt Supplements. They had a pre workout, and that thing I think was spiked with some cocaine or something. I don't know. It was it was nutty. Like, there was definitely a little bit of. Um, like cayenne pepper in it. Like you can taste it. It was like, Ooh, okay. There's something in here. And that thing hit pretty hard. I don't know what was in that, but it was, it was kind of intense. Um, other than that, like they all seem to be, you know, they all seem to do pretty much the same thing. Um, which is to say, you know, better blood flow, better pump overall. They all say like, you know, uh, improves focus in the gym. I'm like, no, because as soon as you pull out your phone, that focus is gone. Like focus is something that you create. It doesn't come from a supplement. Um, I don't believe that. I'm not a huge believer in nootropics or anything like that, that that claim to like, you know, we improve brain function. Like, yeah, there's too many other outside elements there to overcome a, per, uh, uh, an increase of a few percentage points in how, you know, some supplement might impact your brain function because, you know, oh, my brain is functioning so well right now. Let me open up Facebook and boom, that's all gone. Okay, great. You've just distracted yourself. And you know, our ability to overcome any of the benefits in a product like that is just so mind-boggling. Like we can, we can derail ourselves in just about any way possible. So let's take a look at some of the ingredients here. This is what you want to look for here. Um, if we can scroll down, scroll down. Here we go. Is there any product here that's just going to tell me what's in it? what is it and then it's just like two paragraphs on it's just marketing speak okay goals it helps to achieve see the profile of this person who says they take it additional available sizes available flavors here's where you can buy it blah 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 okay again i can't see an image of the back of the uh, container i mean 
how to take it? Is it under that? I mean, I wouldn't think so. That that doesn't actually do anything when I click on that. Product range, okay. View the whole product range, okay. There's, there's no way to actually view the ingredients here. I bet if I click on like Amazon or something, let's go to, I haven't gone to bodybuilding.com in forever. Let's try that. Um, their site's so slow. That's why I haven't gone there in forever. Now I am reminded, Lordy, years are being taken off my life right now as I wait for this website to pull up. BSN supplements, and it pulls up um, a list of every supplement under the sun except for BSN. Great. <laughs> Boy, lordy. Okay, what if I just search for NO Explode at bodybuilding.com? What comes up? Anything? Nope. Okay. This is getting ridiculous. One of two things have happened here. Either I have become a complete fucking idiot overnight, which I'm going to tell you right now is not impossible, or uh, the industry in general is making it a lot harder to find out like what's in these products. Like, Why is that not totally transparent as soon as you click on it? If I go to Amazon and pull it up, I can get a, a, a look at the label here. But Lordy, so um, this has, you know, the usual, you know, carbs, blah, 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 electrolytes, vitamin B6, 12, blah, who gives a shit? Okay, scrolling down here, they, they have these things all in proprietary blends. So there's a, you know, myogenic matrix that has a uh, creatine blend, taurine, phosphate, a couple versions of phosphate, and then estrogen proprietary blend, which is astragalus and uh, some form of ginseng as well. So that's all under the umbrella of their myogenic matrix, of which there's 5.1 grams of that. Well, how much of that is creatine? How much of that is taurine? How much of that is the other stuff? That's that's the proprietary blend part. You don't get to know that. You as the consumer don't get to know that. And that is that has nothing to do with um, you know me not being able to find it. Like no, they they do not tell you that. That's the secret sauce. So I don't like that. I don't like that. What I would be looking for, and I don't have a, a good answer for you on this one. Um, but uh, honestly, if because I just go and I, I buy like you know whatever. I'm like, oh, I haven't tried this before. Let me try this. So I don't put a ton of thought into the pre-workout because I have not really noticed that anything is really all that much better or you know more or least effect, less effective than anything else. So um, I don't really... I'm not too worried about it. If I was being a better shopper and if I was really kind of like, you know, more more engaged in the purchase, I would be looking for something that was transparent and um, did not rely heavily on proprietary blends. So continuing on here, um, there's the myogenic matrix, which is a 5.1 gram proprietary blend. There's an Endura shot, which is a 2.9 gram proprietary blend. Thermic energy, which is a 1.3 gram proprietary blend. NO alpha fusion, whatever the fuck that means, a one gram proprietary blend. And then shock composite, again, WTF, a 290 milligram proprietary blend. That's all the stuff that's in NO Explode. So when I write a program, I do not plug in a pre-workout product under someone's supplementation because of this. There's so much shit in these products. There's a good chance that somebody's going to take one of these and just kind of feel crappy because something in here disagrees with their system. Maybe it's the caffeine. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. So, uh, 
that being said, if anybody says, Hey, I usually take a pre-workout. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yes. I like it, but I, I don't want, I, I hate recommending things to people and then having them say like, Oh, I took that. and I just felt like garbage. And especially because I don't give strong recommendations on which specific product anyone should use. Um, you know, last time I went into vitamin shop, <laughs> I walked up to the guy and I said, I'm looking for a pre-workout. What are the kids buying these days? And he pointed me to Total War. I'm like, all right, cool. I haven't tried that one yet. I mean, that's literally all the thought that I put into it. Um, just because, again, you know, my clients are asking me for recommendations. What what are people taking? Let me try that and see. So next time I go in, I'll ask the same question. And if it's something I've tried before, I'll ask for a plan B. So um, anyway, the the what I'm looking for are the ingredients here. So um, you know, and you've got to. Look past the proprietary names like this EnduraShot proprietary blend at 2.9 grams. Um, they don't tell you the the mix of the secret sauce inside. It says it comes with Carnosin beta alanine. Okay, forget the Carnosin part of that because there's a registered trademark out after that. I don't know how you trademark beta alanine, but they have done it somehow. Uh, potassium bicarbonate, sodium bicarbonate. So this is largely you know it's beta alanine and then uh, uh, electrolytes beyond that. Okay, thermic energy. So this is your um, N-acetyltyrosine, L-tyrosine, caffeine, and then a grapefruit extract thing. But again, they don't tell you how much caffeine. I think they kind of have to. Um, I'm reading the fine print here because usually they say, you know, caffeine, um, caffeine uh, content is so much per scoop or something like that. They typically have to tell you that. Um, but here, they're definitely not. I mean, they certainly didn't on the website. Again, this is all from Amazon because uh, you know they the uh, uh, BSN didn't tell you dick about it. So, um, what what I'm looking for if I was going to make my own pre workout, I probably wouldn't put creatine in it just because I want uh, I want the option to have a pre workout that doesn't have creatine. I would be looking for beta alanine. I would be looking for L citrulline mallet. I would be looking for some kind of uh, arginine, which I don't see any arginine in here in any of their proprietary mixtures, which is funky. That's kind of weird. Um, and I would be looking for really none of the crap that's in here. So yeah, I, looking at this, I'm like, I don't like the lack of transparency in this label. I don't like the fact that there's no no flavor of arginine in this anywhere. Um, like it can be, it can be L-arginine, it can be AAKG, whatever. But you know, there should be some flavor of it in here, and there's nothing. So I, I don't know. Uh, that seems like a pretty significant oversight, in my opinion. Um, so I wouldn't go for that. Now let me pull up Total War really quick. I found that here, and while I'm on it, let me just um, let me just go on a little bit of old man rant here, right? So they've got some flavors here. Peach iced tea, sour gummy bear. That's the one I've got right now. That's pretty good. Green apple, blue lemonade, blue raspberry, grape, orange crush. Awesome, awesome. But then you get down to the ones that they actually had in the stock at Vitamin Shop. Tiger's blood. What the fuck is that? Do not name the flavor of your product. Something that leaves me guessing as to what the hell it is. If I pull it up here, like I'm not even sure I could tell you based on. Um, so they they, they they don't show you a picture of like the picture doesn't update to show you that flavor. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So the it's um, 
it's red and yellow are, are the stripe colors that are associated with that. And um, in the photo here, there's a picture of some cherries. There are no cherries on the um, actual product itself. There's no images of anything to give you any kind of indication as to what tiger's blood is. So apparently it's a cherry thing. If you're in the store, how do you know? I don't know. Uh, there's another one, Vice City. This is a flavor of a product, right? Now, from from here, I can tell you that it's strawberry and uh pineapple apparently um but the colors on the container first of all no images of any fruits but the colors are pink and or like a magenta and a sky blue think like you know miami vice color scheme right something like that um uh, what does miami vice taste like what does vice city taste like give me a break guys v trigger what is v trigger v trigger is a flavor apparently did you know that I didn't know that. So apparently, um, if the image refreshes here, there we go. Apparently, it's some kind of a lemon. I don't know. Um, to me, it looks like some kind of an anime font, and the colors are green and red. How do you get lemon from that? I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, ingredient label. This is what we're here for. I'd just like to apologize for everybody to everybody for this episode. I really would. Sorry. Um, so this... I like total war. I like, um, so, um, there are no proprietary blends in this. This is great. Um, caffeine, 320 milligrams of which 250 is anhydrous. So, you know, it's, it's a little high on the caffeine, but that's not uncommon. One gram of taurine, 3.2 grams of beta alanine, six grams, citrulline mallet, um, uh, green tea extracts, Naringin, biopairine, theobroma, cocoa. So, and that's it. I mean, they're very transparent. No proprietary blends. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven ingredients in here, all of which they give you the exact amounts for, and that's it. So, um, flavors aside, the transparency on the label here, this is what I'm looking for. Again, there's no arginine. I think that's weird. Um, I don't know. But uh, as far as pre workouts are concerned, that's what I'm looking for. Do I like them? Yeah, I like them plenty. I, I, I don't have any issues with them. Well, <laughs> apparently I have a lot of issues with them, but uh, not not uh, like Eno Explode. I hate the way that they have all those um, proprietary um, uh, proprietary blends listed, and they're they're completely opaque about what goes into their product. But it's still decent. Like you know, the, the user's um, perspective on that is still like I I found it was fine. I didn't have any any problems with using it, um, but I would um, not support it in the future just because of how untransparent they are, how opaque they are um, when it comes to uh, labeling things. So, good question, Ron. Um, my client. Eric, uh, in his check-in this morning, he had a question and it's worth talking about here just because of how often it comes up. Um, what are your thoughts on creatine? Should I be taking it? And, um, I'll give you the answer that I gave him, which is to say, if you can find it inexpensive, which you should be able to find it inexpensively, you will find companies that sell, um, fancied up versions of it for whatever reason. Um, but go with the inexpensive stuff. If you find it inexpensively, it's still probably not worth it. Uh, and it's it's complicated because creatine has a, a complicated history. And my opinion of it is a little nuanced. And that's why it's worth spending five minutes talking about it here. Um, it is 
one of the few supplements that is universally shown in clinical studies to actually do what it says it will do to some extent as far as like how it impacts the body so it's a cell volumizer um so it actually pulls water into the muscle cell and a muscle cell that is more volumized is you know ostensibly bigger not much a little bit um but uh you know think think of how you how you perform if you could if you could have a muscle that had a pump to it because that's another way to volumize a muscle cell is to get some blood in there and get a pump going um and you could do that without generating any fatigue, but you just walked into the gym, everything pumped up to hell. I mean, you'd, you'd perform better than if you walk in cold, right? Like the pump facilitates performance, but it also requires performance and generates fatigue to get there. So as you get pumped, it can start to feel like, ugh, you know, you're kind of dragging down a little bit. Well, what if you could get that pump feeling um, and get volumized muscle fibers without generating fatigue? That's kind of the goal of creatine is to help volumize the muscles just, you know, by default the problem is it really has minimal impact like you know <laughs> it, if, if you did a before and after like before creatine after creatine it's like okay those are the same photo there's absolutely i don't care how good of an eye you have those are the same photo um versus if you did hey this is before my workout this is after my workout this is what it looks like after i have you know through my effort and by generating fatigue and working hard, I've created a pump and this is how I look different. Yeah, you should look pretty different between those two photos, dramatically so. Uh, the volumization effect that you get from creatine is so minimal, nobody will ever, ever, ever recognize it. I can see it on the scale often because if you add a pound and a half of water, um, you'll see that on the scale and that's how creatine works is through water retention. So it's volumizing the, the muscles with water, not with blood. Um, but you'll see that on the scale, but trying to see a pound and a half of water distributed over an entire body, that's a trick. So, uh, yeah, uh, should somebody be taking it? I'm going to tell you this. It's not worthless, but it's not worth much. That's really kind of the official five-star physique opinion on creatine. So, um, this segment has been sponsored by manufacturers of creatine. Uh, no, not so much. So, um, yeah, the one other thing that I wanted to talk about here as well. So we've done this and this awesome, um, th this comes up, uh, occasionally here talking about active rest, um, active rest would be like, if we want to, you know, in between sets, you're going to do jumping jacks or burpees or go hit some battle ropes in between your sets of squats or something like that. That would be active rest. And it's, it, it's a very common tactic in the world of, uh, Metcon workouts, metabolic conditioning workouts, um, where you're always doing something, you're not actually taking rest, etc. And I've had clients who, um, ask me my opinion on that. Some who have outed themselves and said, Hey, I started doing some active rest in between sets. I just wanted to let you know. And that always gets a big response from me saying, stop, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's what an ADD squirrel would do if they had a gym membership. And that's not you. You're better than that. So what do we get from doing that? Well, you burn more calories. There's increased fatigue. There's decreased performance because you're not actually resting in between your sets. The big thing there is the only thing that people see is they're burning more calories. When you're training, when you're lifting, your goal is not to burn calories. Your goal is to train. You will burn calories as a result of that. That is not a secondary or even really a tertiary goal. That's a byproduct. You know, it's kind of like when you drive around your car, you pollute the atmosphere. 
not why you drive around, but it's something that happens while you do it. While you're training, you're burning calories. It's not a negative effect, right? It's like, okay, that's all well and good. It is not what we care about. And one of the first things that I do whenever I start working with somebody who's new to this world of bodybuilding and really, you know, I want to get them wrapping their head around how I want them to train and how I want them to approach their workouts. One of the first things I want to drive home is that how many calories you burn when you're training is the last thing you should be caring about the last thing. It is an easy thing to care about because if you're wearing a watch or something that tells you how many calories you burn, that number is always right there. You can always report it to me. You can include it in your check-in. You can type it in your weekly tracker. I do not give a shit about that number. Um, It makes me angry when I see that number because it means that I have failed to impress upon somebody how much that number doesn't matter. So yeah, if you're you're worried about how many calories you're burning during a training session, you need to shift your focus entirely. Um, It's just no. No, no, no. In between, you finish a set. Cool. You know what you do after that? One of two things. You rest or you do the other half of your superset because you've only finished the first half. (laughs) So like supersetting is okay. There's a strategic reason why you might want to do that. That is not the same as active rest because when you finish the second set in the superset, then you're resting. When you're when you're performing active rest after your set, you go and do whatever busy work you've been assigned to do, and then immediately after that, you go back into your next set. There is no rest; it's active rest. So it, it's a concept that works for some things. Bodybuilding is not one of them. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I saw so and so do it. Don't care. Don't care. Just because so and so did it doesn't mean they aren't dumb. And just because so and so did it and has a great physique doesn't mean that that's why they got it. You know, you can do dumb shit and still have an amazing physique if you've got really good genetics and you're just really consistent in what you do. You, a lot of people are in that zone where they don't have to do everything optimally um, in order to have a killer physique. And those people, the clinical term for those people is asshole. And you are allowed to hate them. That is okay. But also, you know, most of us out there, that ain't us. Like we can't do dumb shit and get away with it and still look awesome. We got to get our ducks in a row. We got to do the right stuff and we have to make intelligent decisions on how we approach our training, our diet, our cardio, our supplementation, our rest and recovery, uh, stress management, hydration, all that stuff. You'll find somebody who's like, I only slept three hours a night and I came in shredded for my show. I did awesome. Like, yeah, great. Most people won't. I did active rest all through my prep. I came in awesome. Great. Yeah. Most people won't. I was pretty lazy on my macros the whole time. You know, I cheated a bit the last week. I still came in and win my show. Great. Most people won't. So there's a certain way to do things. It's just a smart, established, proven way to do it. And when you find people who work outside of that framework and still do well, you know that there are other reasons why they're doing well. And usually those reasons are largely genetic. So, um, yeah. So there you go. That's that. What else? What else do we have here? Huh? Um, there are a few things. I mean, we covered most of them. We did pretty good here. How long have we been going here? It doesn't tell me. It doesn't tell me how long I've been recording. Oh, man. All right. Well, it was. I, I, I thought this episode might be 15 minutes long. And then I started talking about inflation. And then I started talking about uh, pre-workout companies and lack of uh, transparency and labeling and stupidly named flavors. And, you know, there you go. Now we have a three-hour episode, probably. Something like that. Um, anyway, it is what it is. Um, I should say here. Hold on one second. Uh, mm Okay. Yep. 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 Um, I wanted to give a shout out here. I was trying to think of if there's an easy way to do this, but there is not. 
Mm. Nope. Dang. Um, hold on. Do I have something on my phone? Sorry. This, uh, <laughs> I would say I'll, I'll edit this out before I uh, post it, but you know me. I won't. Uh, I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, man. Now, I want to give a shout out to uh, a few of my clients from last weekend. Um, Ethan, um, who did his first show in men's physique. Um, and the the placings, I, I, I don't know. Um, how did... I didn't. I didn't get any uh, any um, stage photos from a, a couple of these people, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, you got a third, a third, and a fifth, um, and there were somewhere between you know five and ten people in those classes. I was really happy with how he looked, though. for For a first show in men's physique, um, he was sharp, um, really sharp. You'll be seeing. Uh, I'll post some show photos um, as soon as they're available um, of Ethan on, uh, on Instagram. As soon as they're up, um, Josh who competed at the INBA natural Olympia in Vegas last weekend. Um, so you have to qualify for that by placing, uh, I think it's top two, uh, top two or top three in a pro show. So we qualified for that. I think he said there were between 25 and 30 guys in his men's physique class. And I, I believe we, I don't know for sure. Uh, and we need to wait for the, uh, the judging, um, score sheets to get released. I think we narrowly missed the top 10, which, uh, I mean, for first time, uh, that would have been his second pro show. Um, and first time being on a stage that big, I mean, that, that's a good result as far as I'm concerned. So I'm really happy with that. And then Kim uh, competed in Sioux Falls last weekend as well in her first show in uh, bikini for the OCB. And she, she entered four classes and she took first, 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 and second, which, I mean, come on. Uh, it's hard, hard to complain about that. I think she took first in um, debut, in novice, in masters 35 plus, and then second in open out of six. Um, and from what I saw in the open pictures, like I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, everyone's a little biased, but um, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I think I think she had that one too. I need to see some more photos, but I, I thought she looked great there. So really happy with that. And so especially in a first show, uh, that's that's pretty awesome. And as a result of that, she's now an OCB Masters Pro after her first show. Go figure. So you win your Masters class, and there's more than three people in that class, you're a pro. Um, I have a little bit of an issue with how the OCB handles that. Um, and I, I've been transparent about that before. I'm not going to change my tune now just because one of my clients was the beneficiary of that. Um, I still think the path to being a pro should be a little more hard fought than that. Um, and so Kim's good fortune there. I mean, I, I believe like, you know, does she have a, a pro physique? I think so. I think, I think she does. Um, cause she really brought it and like looking at the, the lineup from that, like she was first, it wasn't even close. Like uh, she was in a different class than, than everybody else that was in her class. Well, she was in the same class, you know what I mean? Um, but she definitely brought it. And so I would be comfortable with her stepping on a pro stage in a week or two. Realistically, there's just no shows that are options that are near her. So, um, but it's just, it's hard for me to get over the, the concept that somebody can do something once and be a pro at it. You know, I just, I have a hard time buying that. And I, that's where I think like the, the NPC and the IFBB and their path towards it, it's like, even if you have uh, a, a relatively short path to being a pro, you got to work for it. It's going to take some time. And they force you to kind of get that experience um, before you before you become a pro. Um, 
you know, also I was going to lead with this. Instead, I'll close with it here because this is this is important. So there's two things that I wanted to talk about. Um, the first is this email that I got back from the NPC regarding their competition committee that they're uh, that they're seeking to put together. Um, so uh, I think I talked about this here last time. Did I? I don't know. So. There was a note from the NPC that went out to all registered NPC competitors, um, which I didn't get it. A client forwarded it to me. Um, that they're going to, you know, based on the the Washington Post article and the accusations that came out of that, um, accusations, allegations, whatever. Uh, they were going to start a competition committee to help kind of, you know, they didn't say this so much, but basically like clean up the internals a little bit. So uh, it was very vague and I emailed them and the, uh, the text of my email is as follows. Here's, uh, I'm going to quote. And as I try to do here, I'm going to quote without interrupting myself. I'm going to try to, and we'll see how it goes. So this is me too. Um, this is NPC first at npcregistration.com. So I would also encourage everybody email those people, please, uh, and put in your voice. Hi there. I saw the email from Thursday forwarded to me from a client about the formation of the NPC competition committee, which given not only recent news accounts, but also general and broad reaching grumblings from competitors for decades. It sounds like a great idea and a good first step in the right direction. I'd love to know more about the intended purpose and agenda of the committee, the scope of their abilities, the experience and qualification you're looking for in its members and how the selection process works. Full disclosure, in my capacity as a competitor, prep coach, and as host of a long-running podcast, I have been often critical of the NPC and most other competitive organizations as well with regard to, among other things, the lack of transparency in how shows are judged. Certainly, this is a bodybuilding problem and not exclusively an NPC issue, but this lack of transparency gives rise to situations that make stories like the recent, recent Washington Post piece easier to believe. When placings are determined arbitrarily and without a known and credible scoring rubric, any decision becomes easy to justify. I'm hoping the NPC will be open to having a critical voice or voices on this committee. I don't have an ax to grind and I'd love to see the NPC thrive and become a better place for all competitors. Pending details on the scope and responsibility of the committee, I'd be very interested in throwing my name in the hat for consideration. I'd also love to have an NPC representative on my podcast to talk about this if and when someone is available. Thanks for your time, me. So, and that's all true. I don't have an ax to grind against the NPC. I think they've done some dumb shit and I think they will continue to do some dumb shit. That's not an ax to grind. That's just calling balls and strikes. You know, I, I do want to see them succeed because they're a huge organization. Um, there's a move out there to boycott the NPC. I do not stand behind that movement at all. I think that's a terrible idea. I think if we do that, bodybuilding's done. You know, and uh, I, I I think <laughs> the, the the problem is I I don't think you uh, I don't think you cut off the limb. I think you try and save it. You know, and this isn't the limb. Like realistically, this is the head. So uh, there's no value, uh, I think, to be found in boycotting the NPC personally. Uh, there's changes that need to be made. And if those changes aren't made, then we can talk. But you know, if they're willing to make these changes, let's do it. So um, a week went by without a response. And I said, hey, just wanted to follow up on this. I said, it's a great idea, but there needs to be some follow through. Please respond and let me know your thoughts. I did get a response from them uh, within an hour of that said, Darren, we are working on all the details of the committee and we'll send everyone all the information when the time comes. Thank you for your interest. To me, that feels like a blow off completely. And currently, until the NPC proves me wrong and God, guys, please prove me wrong on this. Please. I want you to prove me wrong on this. I just, you know, the, the recent history, the long running history 
shows that I, I, I feel pretty confident that I'm right here. I don't think this committee is going to happen. I really don't. I think you got some bad press. You put out a statement to try and save some face from that, promising to take action. Here's what we're going to do. It sounds very reasonable. Cool. And now let's just, you know, people will forget about it and move on. Um, and that's unacceptable because outside of this string of allegations from the Washington Post article, there are big time issues at the NPC and other organizations that need to be fixed. But the NPC is the big mama jama in town. And if you guys do something, other organizations will follow suit. You may say they're riding on your coattails and they're stealing your ideas, maybe, but the whole sport benefits if you as the front runners do the smart thing and not just you know try and clean this mess up, but fix some of the underlying structural problems of how shows are run and how shows are judged and scored, um, which then kind of helps negate the need, like I said, for any of this suspect activity happening behind the scenes. It's harder to rig uh, a scoring system in favor of a competitor or against a competitor or a, a classification of competitors if the judging criteria are all out there for everyone to see and you're just totally transparent with it instead of allowing judges to say oh this person's first this person's second this person's third without showing without making them show their work and justify those placings that's what needs to happen that's not the only thing that needs to happen but that's a big part of what needs to happen so it's a fundamental change in how things are judged how things are scored and how those judging criteria are presented to your competitors you know your current and future aspiring competitors uh, you do that, and suddenly the entire conversation about competitive bodybuilding changes. Just by virtue of how you become more transparent with your scoring system. Um, and it needs to happen. Some change like that needs to happen. Please. Steal my idea. I don't give a shit. Don't give me credit for it. I don't care. But um, if you want to talk, I got ideas. I got ideas. Um, on that note, also, one other thing here. Um, there's a statement put out. Um, let me... Uh, I'm not fancy. I don't have a producer, so I can't just like flash something up on the screen for all you YouTube people or anything like that. Um, but I did screenshot this on my phone. That's not going to show, is it? Oh. Uh, nope, you can't read that. Oh, if I bring it close enough. Oh, it's backwards. Damn. Okay. This is a statement from Wings of Strength regarding the uh, thing I mentioned about Stephanie Flesher an episode or two ago. Um, this is their statement. Wings of Strength was completely unaware of the charges filed against Ms. Flesher back in 2017. We were saddened and disappointed to hear of this. Ms. Flesher's contract is currently expired and she's no longer affiliated with Wings of Strength. All of us here at Wings of Strength deeply appreciate the ongoing love and support of the entire fitness community. She competed in a Wings of Strength event last weekend and placed fourth in Romania. What the fuck? Wings of Strength. Give me a fucking break. That is such total bullshit. I'm so pissed about this. And you can tell, like, they were kind of ashamed of it because they were just wall-to-wall -wall coverage. Like, the Wings of Strength Instagram page and the Romania Muscle, F Muscle Fest Pro um, Instagram page were just wall-to-wall -wall all weekend with photos, results, and everything. But when it came time to women's bodybuilding, man, they waited until, like, Tuesday and Wednesday to push those things out. Just a couple of pics, hush, hush, hush. Like, they knew. They knew. So you shouldn't let her compete, right? And if you're going to let her compete, don't put out a fucking bullshit statement saying that she's no longer affiliated and not under contract and then let her compete a few weeks later. 
Give me a fucking break, guys. That is just absolute bullshit. I just I I can't even with that crap. I'm so disappointed in them. Uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable. So, on that note, I need a drink. So, <laughs> Whew. if you made it through to the end of this, hey, congratulations, you're a real champ. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, peace out till next time, everybody. I'm going to go take care of Taz and give him 15 more eye drops and seven more pills probably and get him ready to go on a, a W-A-L-K later. I can't say the word or he'll know and get excited. It's not time just yet. So we got to save that for later. Oh,